welcome to She Plus Me, a podcast that inspires and celebrates personal and professional growth. I'll be your host, Nora Bade, founder of She Plus Me, an educational lifestyle brand. After going through my own wild journey of discovering my most authentic self through mind, body, and soul, I've been discovering what it takes to find your passion and to live your most authentic life. This is the place to be to dig into real and raw conversations with radiant souls from everything natural beauty to holistic health, deep healing, personal growth, and building a purposeful life. Every single one of us has the ability to build extraordinary lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Welcome back to another episode of She Plus Me, and today I'm excited to announce our lovely guests, Ali and Sam. You might know them through Instagram or YouTube as two wives that share their experience in life. Aside from influencing and educating the world on how to address the LBGTQ2 community, they are also the owners of ANS Social, guiding brands to grow on social media. Welcome, Ali and Sam. I'm so excited to have you. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having us. It's my pleasure. I love your feed and everything that you guys do. <laughs> it's it's so inspiring. Oh, oh thank you so much. Thank Good you. <laughs> I'm honestly so astonished and I guess just in awe of just how open and honest you are on your page and how much you share. It just feels so authentic and it just resonates with me. So it's it's something that really speaks to me and I love. Yeah, that's really what we try, like what we strive for is to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. I'm glad it comes across that way. Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> I know for some it doesn't always come that way, but for you both, is that always has it always come organically to just share your story and your experience or is that something that you had to work on? So our whole journey with social media started kind of by accident. So we made a shared account, Ali and Sam, just to document our travel journeys because we were traveling the world and wanted to share all of our photos with our family and friends back home because we've always kind of loved taking photos and doing videos. Well, well you I have. did. I got her into it. <laughs> yes. I was not a fan of being in front of the camera. <laughs> Allie always wanted to do photo shoots and I was like, no. Was you were so photogenic. I wanted to take a photo. <laughs> so we kind of just started sharing our journey because it was supposed to be mostly for our family and friends. So it kind of just worked out that all of a sudden other people were gaining. We're like learning from our content and really enjoying it. And it was resonating with people and it just started growing from there. So I think that's kind of where our base was. Yeah. And I, but I don't think for me, it always came naturally to share a lot. Um, when we first started, I would share like one emoji as the caption or like a really silly pun. And then, yeah, because I, I was not one to really open up, I guess, online. But then it Sam, was more me. Yeah, Sam was like, I think if, if we actually start sharing more of our story and, you know, making meaningful captions that we could reach people who might might need to read these captions or help them. So I think once we started that, it came pretty quickly. Yeah, and pretty easily. Yeah. 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 Was that always something that you had in the back of your mind? Like as you were um, I guess exploring your own relationship? Cause while you were traveling, how long have you guys been together? Like were you comfortable in this state of like your relationship? Like did you know it was a forever thing that you wanted to build something together? And I know that's <laughs> so aggressive. <laughs> so we have been together for five and a half years. Yeah. So when we started the page, uh-huh. I think we were together Maybe two years? For, maybe yeah, more? maybe two. I think two years because we had just gotten back from au pairing in Australia. And mm-hmm. so we had all these like backlog of great photos. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I think we both knew though that... Yeah, I think so. We were not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we kind of always knew or else I don't think we would have... No, I don't Like subconsciously probably wouldn't have started yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, because I feel like that is a big step. It's yeah, it's kind of like putting a ring on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <it's true>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back, I I do want to kind of explore your relationship a little bit because um that's something that we still haven't covered on She Plus Me and relationships. It's kind of that ever evolving. Like we're always improving and working on relationships, both romantically and obviously 
um, friendships and family relationships and things like that. So tell me a little bit about like your experience with like romantic relationships. Like give me the deets. (laughs) You can go first if you want. So just in general or her relationship? So in general, and then also working up to your marriage. So I know you both are like lesbians. Mm -hmm. And is that actually I have to ask because do is it? okay to just flat out call you lesbians like do people get offended by it or is there a preferred like <laughs> that's title a good, that's, that's a really really, really good question so everyone kind of has their own thing that they go by but you're right I do identify as a lesbian I'm pretty open about that online I talk about it all the time I identify as a lesbian yeah but- and I used to but I kind of just set, like when I was coming out I thought I had to choose like I'm either lesbian or I'm straight um I think because oftentimes social media or media or like society in general kind of erases bisexuality so it was just mm-hmm. like probably this year that I felt comfortable being like no I'm not fully lesbian um but I still say it like I I still think it's easier to say which is probably not good because I should step up and be like no I'm bisexual but yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm. I never get offended by. Well, a lot of people just a don't. lot of yeah. I I'm just. It's not like people are meaning it to be offensive or negative. So I yeah. don't care what anyone. Like I really am fine with whatever people. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> love putting a label on things, so that's why I'm like I don't know. like to me. It's just a relationship. Yeah, like you're just two exactly. females that like each other. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and lots of people actually yeah. don't like using labels at all, and that's completely fine it's just whatever people are comfortable with yeah but yeah so so yeah but so have you guys have or did you always identify as lesbians or was that kind of like an evolving title for you like I'm assuming you started off not knowing some people say they know at a young age yeah good question I used to actually date boys when I was a teenager uh, I had like maybe one serious boyfriend, but it wasn't really that serious. It was like I was 15. So how serious can a 15 year old be? Uh, so it was really casually. And then I came out when I was 20. So Allie was actually the first girl that I ever seriously dated. Yeah. Oh, and it worked out. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that's a really you got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> so lucky. Allie, you did not get as lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also dated boys. I would loosely say the term dated though. Um, it was always very short or like I would pick people I didn't really like that much or I knew wouldn't like me. I don't know why, but I, I had a lot of learning and growing to do, I think. Um, and then when did I come out? Oh gosh. 2000, the end of 2013 teen-ish or like start of 2014. So yeah, I had some, one of my best friends come out and she kind of inspired me to be like, oh, you can be normal and girly. Air quotes on normal. Yeah, no, I, I just like had a stereotype yeah. in my head of what someone who was a lesbian liked to do and like was attracted to um, and the way they looked and dressed. And I didn't relate to that. So I think once I saw that I could just still be myself, um, I allowed myself to kind of explore that. And then I went on a lot of Tinder dates <laughs> before yeah. I found you. <laughs> you had fun. Yeah. No, it was good. It was I feel un- like that's the storyline of every um, millennial in like 2019. <laughs> I went on a lot of Tinder dates. Yes. Yes. But I, I'm grateful for all of them. I think I, I made some friends on Tinder too. Yeah. So like the, that are still friends today yeah. and are friends yeah. together. So yeah, it's it was good. I'm grateful for all of the dates that went on. And then I found you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go back to the quote unquote normal that you guys highlighted. Mm -hmm. Talk me through that. What do you mean by that? So there's still not very much visibility for the LGBTQ plus community in media in general, I feel like. And that's where we get a lot of our representation. Well, like people to relate with when we're younger is what we really see on TV or in our communities. And So I know I grew up in a very small town. Um, I'm actually from Prince Edward Island, and I didn't know any gay people. So the only representation that I ever saw was like stereotypical representations of gay women on TV. And I didn't relate to that. I love Ellen. She's amazing. But I'm I don't didn't want to cut my hair off and wear pantsuits. That just wasn't me. And I feel like I felt that way too, the same way Allie did, that I had to like change who I was in order to be a lesbian, if that makes sense. I felt the same too. Yeah. And yeah, I I think that 
it's still there isn't very much representation on in the media. I think that it's still very stereotypical, which I would say none of them are really fit that stereotype at all. Yeah, like they're well, all quite that's feminine. The thing. It's like a stereotype. So there's people yeah. all over the spectrum. There's people that are more of like a classic like a butch lesbian, if you know what I mean. Like a more masculine lesbian and then there's more feminine lesbians and there's people all in between and everywhere and anywhere on that spectrum. And that's completely okay. But I feel like sometimes you feel like you need to fit a certain mold because otherwise you're not gay enough. Yeah. I felt like that. Sure. Yeah. I remember wearing snapbacks when I first came out, like those snapback hats and and wearing flannel. And I was like, ew, this is so not my style. Like, But you want to feel like gay enough. And like figuring out who you are, you're like, well, I want to fit into the community. And if that's what everyone else looks like, which they actually don't, but that's how I felt too when I was coming out. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, I'm going to change who I am to fit in. Yeah. It's hard. That's actually a really, it is hard. And it's a really good point to bring up because I think whether you're a lesbian, gay, or whatever community you're trying to assimilate to, you're kind of matching what's already built there. Even let's take entrepreneurs as an example. Everybody is now portraying like the whole mindset of hustle, grind till you essentially make it. And it's like this whole structure that's already made for you. And you feel like you have to kind of fit in the constructs of what's created versus like creating your own path. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. It's so true. And I think it's hard to break out of that, that like mindset of just following along with what society tells you you need to be. But once you do, it's very exciting. Yeah. And I feel like that's where like all the magic <laughs> happens. And that's where you're really going to grow and like flourish is when you stop trying to be like everyone else and yeah, just, just be, be you. who you are. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that. So going back to that, your kind of, I guess, transition of just labeling yourself as either lesbian or bi. Um, Did you feel at any point that you were kind of losing a part of you, like dealing with the shame and the guilt and all of that? Like, did it feel like you ever had to lose a part of your life, I guess, whether that be relationships or feeling like you couldn't do certain things? Because I think we all grow up kind of with very definite, I guess, I don't even want to say definite, but very defined dreams based on society and who and where we're growing up, right? Yeah, no, for sure. So I feel like I, at first, maybe felt like I was losing some things, like the life that I felt like people had dreamed up for me and that I had therefore like fallen into and like been trying to complete. But I also feel like I kind of gained a lot by being me and being more like open and true to who I am. It was kind of more of a freeing experience for me, I feel like. How did you feel? Yeah, that's that's good. (laughs) That'd be a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think think it's pretty similar. Like, I feel like it was ingrained in me by my mom that I was always mm-hmm. going to marry a handsome doctor. And she was like, oh, you're going to marry a handsome doctor. Not meaning that it, like she was not an all being negative, but I think that I took that very seriously. And I was like, yes, I will. A handsome doctor. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, probably a part of me was like, oh, I'm not going to marry a handsome doctor. And like live up to her. But I mean, I would not have enjoyed marrying a handsome yeah. doctor. First of all, doctors work too much. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> So I definitely left out then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think at first it was because I always had this vision in my mind of like, yeah, what my life would be like. So I think it was a hard um, transition. Like, yeah, just to come to terms with that, it wouldn't be exactly as I always imagined. But I think it's better than that because I wouldn't have been happy. Mm-hmm. And but I think that was like a yeah. period of time where I was coming out to myself. So like I made sure that I was fully like out to myself and okay with who I was before I told anybody too, which helped, I think, because then I was more confident yeah. when I did tell people. And how did that look like? Like <laughs> getting really deep here. Um, when you first started realizing, like, what did it look like? Did you join more communities? Were you mostly online, virtual? Did you want to meet people face to face? Like, how do you create that comfort and transition? So I actually watched so much YouTube. Like, I didn't have anyone in my life that was part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, even though by that time I'd moved here to Halifax and it was a lot more open-minded than PEI. So I watched so much YouTube and spent so much time on Tinder. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> so in 2013, like the start, I had just moved back from an exchange I did. So I lived in this 
random house with random girls that I had found on Kijiji. And one of them was a lesbian. So she mm-hmm. had like a whole bunch of lesbians over every Friday for these parties. And so I think that was really good for me because I was exposed. That was like my first real exposure to anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. And then yeah. like very shortly after that, my best friend came out to me. So we were like, I always felt really lucky that I had that support right there. And really, I just leaned on like her. I don't think I really made an effort to meet any other gay people um, locally or online until I switched my Tinder. And then Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I met those girls, but (laughs) like, I feel like a lot of them too were not like they didn't, weren't really not. I don't like to say I'm not part of the LGBT Q plus community, but I feel like I don't like I don't join like I have not in any groups or like in any specific events. Like we do like pride, but yeah, like I feel like I'm just more like, oh, I like humans for who they are. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like I can relate just as well to straight people. Like yeah to me it doesn't matter what they're yeah. Yeah. So our friend group is like a mix of people that identify all different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's what works for us. We don't just like kind of isolate ourselves to the community. We're just like Or either. Yeah. Yeah, to any community. We just have all of our friends. Yeah, I just, just love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know a lot of people, though, when they are coming out, do find that really helpful to find like groups and in person or online. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I did find a lot of like Googling. <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. I actually spent so much time on Tumblr. I completely Tumblr, yeah. Huge that was cool then. On Tumblr. Yeah. They were all so cool. I think that's it was was cool then. It was yeah. so cool. <laughs> You would write the post and then you would essentially like generate all those comments and stories and you felt like you knew all these people that you had no idea. Yeah. Oh. Actually, I was a big Tumblr. I oh loved God. it for like the quotes. I was so cheesy. Oh, so All those like artistic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that both of your journeys kind of sound, I mean, similar, but different at the same time. Like Ali, you sounded like you actually had a lot of physical people that actually yeah. lived the lifestyle. Whereas Sam, it was very like online and virtual. And I feel like you both kind of discovered yourself in your own way versus like clustering in groups where it's like, not to say very culty, but like it does <laughs> kind of constrict your mindset and <laughs> it constricts your mindset and like just expanding into who you can really become despite the label, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit, tell me about how it all came online. So the page that you created, you were traveling, sharing your photos with family and friends, and then it kind of grew from that. How did it feel when it was then open to the public and you're more in like a public space? I don't know if it's still like for me like hit you yeah so I often forget that all these people can see what (laughs) what we're posting or we'll see people like in just like out places and they'll say like oh I saw that you did this or something and And I'd always like oh that's so weird and then we're like all right obviously (laughs) because we shared about that so (laughs) yeah but when someone's like oh my gosh how was your trip to California oh you knew about that yeah so it's for me, honestly, <laughs> I still, I don't, doesn't seem real to me, like yeah. that these are all real people. But I mean, it does in the sense that we love connecting with people and we love like all the messages we get. And we really do try and make an effort to respond to everybody. It sometimes takes us a while. Yeah, it can <laughs> but get overwhelming. We really, really do. And I think that it's so important because without all of those people, we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, so I think that's, it's really important to keep that in mind. Like if it wasn't for all of these amazing people following along, like our life would not be like this. Yeah. So. And connecting with people is the best part. Yeah. Like I love hearing it's people's so nice. stories and how things are getting better for them or like yeah. their hopes for things getting better. And it's just amazing hearing all of these different stories and people from all over the world that have completely different experiences to us. And it's just so mind, like mind opening kind of to just hear how other people are living and like their struggles and their triumphs. And it's just so cool. It is. We're and very it, lucky. We are. And it, but sometimes it's also a yeah. good reminder because we, we get a lot of like very heartbreaking messages. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good reminder. I think to know and I guess that a lot of places in the world like you still can't be gay so I think it kind of pushes us to remember like how lucky we are and also how far the world has to go Mm -hmm. and to keep like pushing for representation and to keep pushing for rights everywhere because people don't have rights everywhere and it's so important that we like get those and it just keeps like pushing us forward too yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense and also I mean it's 
great that you guys are being a part of journeys that you otherwise wouldn't have been had you not had the platform of Instagram and YouTube, which is really incredible because being able to inspire and empower individuals to just live their truest selves, that's like really empowering. And that's really, I think, the journey that we're all kind of on. You essentially just want to live a life that you're happy with and you're creating for yourself. And um, in that same breath, like I'm my background, I'm Middle Eastern. So I'm originally from Kuwait, but lived here my whole life. And I know back home, like they still have issues in terms of, you know, gay rights and all of that. And it's a very, very, I guess, reputational. So it can either help your reputation or it can really, really destroy it. So it's all about labels and how people perceive it. And it becomes kind of like common knowledge. Like you're either a public figure and you're openly, you're open about it or you're essentially hiding it and not sharing it with anyone. So it's like two completely different sides of the spectrum. So it's like you have to live and breathe it, whether you're 100% sure about it or you're essentially like hiding it, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's very, yeah. Yeah. And it is a sin because I... As to how it's like so different from here, I mean, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think it's a sin because I think at the end of the day, religion, tradition, society aside, I think everybody has the right to live the life that they want to create them for themselves. If you believe that's right or wrong, at the end of the day, that's their exactly. life, right? You really don't have a say in yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's so sad that so many people aren't able to just be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So on on that note, like what can individuals do? from an individual perspective to really make it a comfortable space for people who are struggling with that or don't have the person that they could talk to or I think the number one thing is being mindful of how you speak I guess about people who are part of any community not just Mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community but um, about everyone because I know both of us I think remember people close to us who you know years and years and years ago before either of us came out had said some one negative thing about someone who was gay and I think held on to that as you know like gay people Mm -hmm. so even though Mm -hmm. to them that might have been a really just insignificant comment um, to somebody who is struggling with coming out to themselves or with anything like they, that's something that they will write you off as okay that's not a safe person to talk to uh-huh. so or I think even like jokes that people say that they don't mean to be offensive but like can really hurt someone if they're um, like struggling with something yeah exactly so I think number one is being mindful of what you're saying I guess and then also just making sure that you're really listening and that people know that you're like not judgmental and that you're just there for them to listen to because a lot of the time they don't even necessarily need feedback or like you to solve their problems. They just want someone to listen to them. And I feel like that's just kind of for everyone. Everyone just wants (laughs) someone to listen to them. So just people knowing that you're a good listener and that you're there for them and support them no matter what is just really important. Yeah. And, and then if they do come out to you, I think again, same thing, just letting them know you're there to listen and may even asking them like, okay, what can I do to support you rather than deciding what it's they need you to do yourself? Just asking them what's the best because maybe they just wanted to get it off their chest, but maybe they do need advice. Maybe they want you to mm-hmm. ask questions about their journey. And then if someone does come out to you, I think one of the most important things is to keep that information private and to yourself mm-hmm. and not then share it with everyone or anyone, even if you think that it's what's best for that person, uh, let them make that decision themselves and don't, don't make that decision for them and to who they need to come out to, like let them discover their journey on their own and, um, just do what is best for them. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to pry here a little bit. Have you guys ever been in instances where that has happened to you, like sharing or disclosing information and somebody had, you know, went ahead and told someone that you wanted to be the first to tell them or anything yeah, of that sort? Yeah, actually that. <laughs> really? No um, way. So way back before we were public figures at all on Instagram, if that's the right word, um, a family member saw a photo of Allie and I when we were, re- like mm-hmm. we hadn't been dating for that long, but like lots of people in my family did know. But I was waiting to tell my grandparents who I am super close with myself when I was home visiting because they're a little religious. I wasn't sure how they'd take it. I just wanted to also just do it myself. And then kind of spitefully, someone in my family went behind my back and was like, oh, have you seen this photo? Because my grandparents didn't have Instagram. I didn't have to worry 
about them seeing it. And someone was like, well, did you see this photo? Are you dating her? I think she's a lesbian. Just to kind of like fight me. And it wasn't kind. And they have to live with that forever. But then it was a really hard situation because my grandparents called me and they were so upset. But they weren't upset because I was gay. They were upset that like they didn't think that I didn't think that they loved me and like accepted me fully for everything that I was. And they were like, we're so sorry that you didn't think you could tell us because we love you and it's great. So then it was just a really sad, horrible situation all around. But yeah, yeah, so that did happen to me. That's awful. (laughs) But I mean, that's kind of like the best response in terms of that, like they weren't angry about, you know, you being a lesbian, but feeling opened uh, to tell them, which is... I I think the best response, especially when I actually kind of want to dabble into that for a quick second, religion, because you mentioned your grandparents were religious. I I think in pretty much every faith, they're like, oh, no, you're not allowed, right? Um, So how is that for you? Because I still think that, I mean, I'm a strong believer that in any religion, you can kind of not in Not to say you can pick and choose, but you can kind of pick and choose because I don't, unless you're a, you know, perfect individual, I don't think anybody is really religious to the ninth, 10th degree of that. So it's like everybody is really quick to judge anybody who is not, I guess, practicing everything that's supposed to be in the faith. But then, I mean, can you really do it all? So how does that look like for you both? We've had some struggles with, because neither of us actually are religious ourselves. No, neither of us are. I grew up. Yeah, Catholic, like my family is. Um, but I quickly in high school realized that I didn't relate at all to Catholicism. Um, so yeah, neither of us are religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, all of my friends are. Pretty much every single friend of mine is. So I was very nervous to come out to all of them. And most mm-hmm. of them were good. Uh, we do have... Actually, my pretty much my very best friend is very religious. So it's been an interesting journey for us. But I mean, she will forever be my best friend. And I think it's a lot of people are very confused how like how I can still like we our relationship hasn't really changed like it did for a while. And it is hard to explain to someone from the outside, because I think that if I was viewing it from the outside, I wouldn't understand and I wouldn't be able to support that, you know, they're still friends. But I think it's given us an opportunity Mm -hmm. to have really good conversations and learn from one another. And I know that she's working really hard to learn more about, you know, being gay and, or like accepting uh, the LGBTQ plus community and still being true to her faith. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey, but I think that if I, you know, just would, were to shut her out, then I wouldn't really be accepting her fully either. So yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, so it's been, it has been interesting, <laughs> but yeah, we love her just the same. Yeah, but it is hard. And it was definitely harder in the past. It's gotten... And it's hard because other people don't understand. And they... I think that's one of the hardest things is they're like, how can you still be her friend? And we're like, well, (laughs) we love her as a human. Like, it's, it's hard to explain, but like your love... I feel like this is a really weird example, but it's like if someone in your, someone you love dearly made a horrible mistake or like did something, I don't know, like really bad, you probably wouldn't, your love for them probably wouldn't change if you actually love them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you forgive them just exactly. And I think it's important to remember that everyone is on their journey of, you know, uh, of being open-minded or on their, just on their own journey. So, Mm -hmm. but it's also a very specific example with this one friend of ours, because she's also like not spiteful or mean and no, not at all horrible, where I know that lots of people kind of go to that place and they're like hiding behind their religion. And like, there's a lot of hate there, but I think that we can stay friends with her and like work on the relationship and everyone's understanding is because there's so much love there and that there's no hate. No, and even the conversations with are so calm and like totally from a place of love. So, which I, not everyone is lucky enough to have a lot of people when like they kind of like hide behind the religion and all of the hate and then it's it's not a welcoming space. It's not, there's no kind of like, you don't feel the love there. It's just lots of hate and anger. And so we're really lucky that that's not the experience that we've had. Yeah. It's what a lot of people face. 
Yeah. But that's, I, I love that because that's the first step of kind of warming up to the idea or allowing them to kind of make their own decision to either shift or decide otherwise. It's like approaching something mm-hmm. with love. You can't really change any ideation behind any topic or any anything that matters to you if it's approached with like hate and exactly. negativity and like resistance. I think love is kind of, you have to approach it that way or otherwise no one will ever really accept it and see the see the positive or the yeah, good side exactly. of it. Exactly. That's Yeah, that's very true. So shifting a little bit, tell me about both of you working together and also creating ANS management kind of social media platform. Yeah. Tell me about that. How did that come to fruition? It's a funny story. It's such a funny story. <laughs> so I was, so I originally went to school for sociology. Um, and then after mm-hmm. I graduated, I well, I had na- like kind of been a nanny and like done babysitting forever as long as I can remember. So I was a nanny right out of university. And then we went to au pair. I was still a nanny. <laughs> we got back and I was still a nanny. <laughs> so I went back to school for journalism, hoping that I would break out of the nanny realm. Mm-hmm. But I was still a nanny because I loved it so much. Um, and then <laughs> one day I realized, I just decided like I would start kind of browsing remote jobs online. And I found one that I thought would be awesome. It was doing social mm-hmm. media for um, a, like, a, just a place. <laughs> anyway, I won't say it was just because it turned out like that they the job was not at all what it had advertised. So I think I probably gave it mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. And then if that, if that, yeah, it was really bad. Uh, but I was like, this is awesome. I'm working from home in my jammies, which has been my goal. I yeah. learned what work was like, actually, since I was a toddler, I was like, I'm going to be a stay at home. That was just my goal <laughs> forever. So one day you came home from work and I was like, I quit my job, but I started a business and you were like, Oh gosh. Okay. I think everyone was like, Oh, one like that's such a classic me thing to do. It's just like, yeah, it just is who I am. I'm like, I have an idea, and then I'm like, do it right away. So I love it. So spirited. <laughs> that that is one way to put it. <laughs> so everyone's like, oh, another one of these situations where you know, yeah, it was just classic me, but it worked. It worked, and at this point, we'd already had experience growing our own social media. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, just kind of, and we saw, like, I definitely saw a need. I was like, okay, there's so many, I still, I'm like, this is, there's so many places, even in Halifax that are awesome businesses, awesome establishments. And their Instagram page is horrible, like just awful. Yeah. as a someone who's young, like we don't go anywhere without searching. They're, like that's how we find places to go mm-hmm. when we travel is by finding them on Instagram. So if you go to a place, an Instagram page exactly. and it's not good, we wouldn't go. So all these places are missing out on such a huge market, I think. So yeah, I think that was like the initial spark was like, this is needed. And then, yeah, we both, yeah, we did have a lot of experience like learning how to grow the a page and like what works and what doesn't and being authentic. Yeah. I mean, we're still learning every day. There's so much mm-hmm. to learn and so much changes, um, but that's kind of how it started. And then it got really busy between that and our Instagram page, which is definitely a full-time job. For mm-hmm. So yeah, we're lucky yeah. that we both get to, to do it now. Yeah. It's great. We're really so That's fun. amazing. We love it. So like, I wake up all the time. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't have to go anywhere today. This is amazing. Like every day is a vacation because we truly like, I'm yeah. obsessed. I would work 24 seven if I could. I am like, yeah, truly obsessed with what we do. Like, I just love it so much, <laughs> which I never, I didn't think I'd ever say that at this age. Cool. Like I thought I'd have to be retired by the time I was this happy with a job. So I just think, like, yeah. And that well, that's incredible to reach that stage and also but to live your passions and do what you love and also um creating your own stuff on the side. So what's how do you juggle it all? Like what do you use? What are the platforms? How do you ensure that you're, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's to ensure that nothing is kind of faltering? Because there's two of you. So do both of you do the creative work or is one based on, you know, like sales is the other one focused on like the creative aspect? Like how do you divide and conquer? Good question. It's a really good question. And it, I think took a little bit of trial and error at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think at the start kind of tried to do things together, but we quickly realized that I take things over. So um, we had to stop that because I then took everything as my own. I like to be 
in control. Um, So we just split things now. Like we split (laughs) projects. So like Sam does the blog. Mm-hmm. like fully the odd time I try and write a guest post and you're like this is not good you clearly have a journalism background because it's too formal um well like I do our Instagram mm-hmm. and then you do your Instagram and mostly YouTube yeah. sometimes I edit but you you're pretty much the head of YouTube yeah and, and then when it comes to Anna social we kind of split things down the middle yeah so we we do teach a lot of workshops and we do that together but when it comes to account management I have my accounts that I run and Allie has her accounts that she runs and yeah then, and it's totally separate like yeah. if we need a second opinion we ask each other but otherwise it's like I have no clue what like we follow the accounts but like I have no clue what you're doing and it's great. It works really well. And then for all of the like emails and negotiations and contracts and stuff, that's all me. Cause I, I'm very, I like to be in control and like the business woman. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I love that. I love that you balance each other out. Yeah. It's it's a good mix. And then we share the house duties. That's like, I feel like a job. Sometimes I'm like, how will we ever have children? Because I can't even keep up with pets and housework and we're home all day like (laughs) so I don't know how people come out of the home and then come home and then they have to do the housework but it probably makes (laughs) it worse that we're home because we're messing up the home all day that's true and exactly photos we have rearranged yeah and the house has to be clean yeah exactly so that that probably contributes yeah I think so yeah And I find too, it's a slippery slope when it comes to something that you love and you're working with clients that you love and the work that you, you know, are loving to do. It really like, it goes from a normally, I guess, eight hour work day to like a 12 hour, 14 hour work day. Especially because sometimes things are so fun. So for instance, last night, Allie wanted to film a YouTube video (laughs) at like 830 at night, but Sometimes it's like the balance because it's so fun. It's hardly work at all. But then trying to remember that it is work and it's okay to take a step back and not be doing something. Yeah. Because it's hard to yeah. turn yourself off. And I think that's like an entrepreneur struggle in general is just like there's always something you can do. A hundred percent. Pushing your business forward. And it's really hard yeah. to step back and relax because yeah. you're like, oh, but there's a million things that need to get done. Yeah, it's hard not to feel guilty yeah. for stopping. But yeah, when you think of it, like if you worked for someone else, you would actually just go go to work and then you're done. You come home, you're not supposed to work. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we have to be mindful of that sometimes. Me especially, I'm really bad for yeah. it. Like I, I don't stop. And then it also is worse because our Instagram page is just like sharing our lives. So sometimes we feel like we have to kind of be sharing things, mm-hmm. even though... We don't all the time, yeah. but we're actually taking our first yeah. real vacation in. <laughs> oh yeah, you say days. that, but we're already like <laughs> you already have a photo board I like know. saved of all the photos we made. <laughs> so we do travel a lot, but it's almost always for work. Like there's some part of, part of like work involved, but we're taking our first real vacation where we don't have to work. Yeah, we don't have to, which so is we'll exciting because we can take photos of anything we want. Yeah, and just enjoy it. Yeah, even though that is. Yeah. No, but it's so fun. It's like it's ex- it's like creative. It's fun. Yeah. So we're going with friends, and hopefully yeah. we can just like kind of unplug for the week. Is the yeah. goal? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how much work we actually do. <laughs> but I think a very good point that you both brought up was like the guilt of taking some time for yourself. It's like you almost feel like you can't take time for yourself, especially yeah. where like as public figure entrepreneurs, you've kind of built something where you are constantly sharing. And not to say your followers wouldn't understand or they wouldn't, you know, be mindful of that. But it's like you almost feel guilty of it nonetheless, whether they do care or not. Because at the end of the day, they probably, I mean, they probably will realize, but how many other public figures are they following or, you know, filling in the gaps of that. So it's like this kind of like, it's like a song and dance of really like balancing it out, but also keeping yourself at the forefront. Because at the end of the day, when you're burning yourself out, you're not pumping out content that you're happy with. Exactly. Exactly. So that's so true. And then there's also the other side of like, you get punished by the algorithms on most social platforms. You're not posting all the time. So then there's also like, 
when you do start posting again, you know, you're not going to get as much engagement and not as many people are going to see your stuff. So it's kind of like you get punished too, by the platforms for wanting to take a break, which is so. <laughs> That's big. so true. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's, but really it's, it's like, it's fine. Capitalism. <laughs> 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 but it's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And I think too, um, going back to social media and authenticity and all of that for yourselves, how do you implement that with clients? Like, is that something that you're kind of starting at zero and, you know, building from the ground up? Or do your clients come knowing that, you know, these are things that I need to work on? How is that? Because I know for myself, client work can sometimes be a pain in the ass because it's kind of like telling them what they should be doing. But they're like, no, 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 I just don't want to do that now. Oh my gosh. So we we learned that the hard way. Oh, we We went through a lot of interesting client relationships. Um, So now we just know that we don't say yes everyone like we it has to be a good fit and they have to be ready and willing to accept the help and take like let go of their control Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest thing because people will say you know I want you to do it but really they don't want you to do it they aren't ready and yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I mean, we have, we've kind of taken a step back from ANS because Instagram's been like so like, busy for us. Yeah, like our social media platforms have really been yeah. taking over in the last like six months. So we right now just have like a couple really awesome clients who were fully ready to like they've been we've been with them for a really long time and yeah. like actually one is one of our was our very first client. And they're just awesome. They haven't been on their Instagram page since I took it over. And it's like the best kind of client because they just let you do what you want and they trust you. Um, but yeah, we, we learned that yes. the hard way. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, because we used to just take on everyone yeah. and we yeah. quickly realized that that just wasn't going to be sustainable. Yeah, it was more stressful than, yeah. than not. Yeah. So yeah, we learned, mm-hmm. we, you're always learning, especially when you're working with other people. It's like, you really, really learn Oh, for what sure. you can and can't work with. And we're lucky. Yeah. And it's like you have to adapt quickly. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. So tell me, what have you learned on your journey as entrepreneurs and also working with your wife? <laughs> like that's that's a whole gig. Yeah, it's good. Actually, okay. So sometimes I'm like, oh, it would be nice if we had time in the day or like apart or, you know, if one of us worked a different job but really I think it would be actually awful because I don't know like we work really well together and it's nice because then we're like in the loop with everything so like I know what you're talking about all the time about everything and it's nice because we travel a lot so we can either take work with us well yeah we always take work with us but it's nice because we don't we can just do what we want so like right now if we were like okay we're gonna take the day and I don't know go do this thing, like take the day off that we could just work at night together. Yeah. Whereas I think working with somebody didn't live with you or like wasn't as flexible, it would be very different. Yeah. And I really love that our job gives us so much flexibility where as I actually, was it last fall? Like fall 2017 is actually when I quit my full-time job. And before that, we didn't really have the freedom to oh, really? Well, well, congratulations. Travel. Thanks. Whenever yes. uh, we want, we were like kind yeah. of stuck here. Cause well, that's the thing. Yeah. Cause you still had this commitment, but now like for instance, yesterday, actually this was crazy. This is, I always, t- this is a little bit of a, a <laughs> like a, off topic, but it, I swear it comes back. So there is this thing called the Dinah, which is like this lesbian like festival, I guess, yeah, in Palm Springs. And like two days ago, you were talking about it. And in my head, I was like, we're going to go. Like, I just like thought about like, we're going to go to that. And then, then yesterday we were invited to go by like Palm Springs tourism. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just manifested that. Like it came true. But like for us to be able to just be like, okay, yeah, we'll go. Like, and not have to ask for time off or like mm-hmm. we're traveling so much that like pretty much booked up until May for travel. Yeah. And like we wouldn't be able to do that yeah. if we didn't work together or if one of us like worked outside or yeah. a different job altogether. And- so it's like I'm so yeah. thankful that we can do this. It's yeah. like we can just get up and go and do anything anytime we want. 
because we'd ha- we've had instances we haven't actually worked out, but instances where like international travel opportunities come up and they're like they're Can always you be here next week. Yeah, they're always the week before international opportunities. Like it's insane. That's crazy. How do you even prepare yeah, for that? Such spur of the moment, but it's amazing because we can just be like, yeah, okay, we'll go. Yeah. So, yeah, it's I think really that's like the fun. Best part is the freedom that it gives us. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So what are like the tips and tricks that have allowed you to just be able to, with a week's notice, pack your bags and go? <laughs> well, working for yourself is number one. And yeah. well, the only issue yeah. we run into is pet sitters because we have three babies, three fur babies. But we're really lucky that Sam's brother um, just lives in PEI and he can come like pretty much anytime we wanted to. Yeah. And he just stays with the babies all day. It's so nice. But oh, I think nice. Like, the biggest tip if someone, you know, wants to succeed in their own business or, you know, in traveling or working with brands or whatever it may be is just not giving up patience. Like patience was the the thing I think that did set our account apart from people who want to like, they start something and then it's really exciting for them for maybe a month or two or even like a few months, but then it dies like that interest or that passion dies out, or, you know, they're frustrated because they're not growing, mm-hmm. or, you know, they run into just yeah. a bit of a rut, but pushing through that and realizing like nothing is forever. Like, mm-hmm. like that rut doesn't last forever. Like things come and go. So I think patience is really the key. Mm-hmm. And also putting yourself out there. Yeah. Taking a risk. Yeah. Like the worst that happens is it doesn't work. But if I didn't take that risk yeah. and start a business one day, yeah, like, that we'd still maybe, well, I don't know, but like things would have played out differently or if we didn't start our account or if we didn't have like pushed through that like vulnerability factor of like that scariness of really putting yourself out there. Yeah. Or like not waiting for everything to come to you. Yes. Meet the universe halfway. That is what I always say. You can want something. (laughs) That's a really good one. I think you, if you want something bad enough, you, you have to chase it. And I think if you put the effort in, it will come to you, but like you can't give up. And I, time and time again, I'm like, it just works. Yeah. And (laughs) like, say you're like a blogger or a YouTuber, anyone that does social media and you want to get more travel opportunities, just reach out, reach out to travel boards. Most people actually even have like an influencer form that you can fill out and tell them why you're valuable. You don't need to have a hundred thousand followers. No way. You can have 5,000 and be really valuable to a brand. And just remember that you have value and you have things that will be super helpful for some brand out there. Exactly. And so maybe you're great at taking photos. You're great at taking video. You have super in, a super engaged audience, even though it's small, just like play up your strengths and like have faith in yourself and put yeah. yourself out there. And we, we stayed, we worked with a hotel when we had 4,000 followers and we were just like, we'll take all these photos for you. And they were like, great, we need photography. So essentially for them, it's like, they just give up one night of a hotel stay and they get free, like free photography. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was like, you, yeah. you just have to reach out and reach out to tons of places. Someone's going to say yes. Yeah. And just be okay with the no. Like, yeah, yeah it's okay. The worst thing that yeah. happens is someone says no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's not that's it's going to be okay. And that no is going to mean nothing in the long run. You're not going to remember five years from now that one, those no's you have, you'll remember the yeses and the experiences that you've got. Exactly. Yeah. You'll always just remember the yes. And then that's what honestly, I think fuels your fire even more. Because if one person says yes, then you know, you have the value to really offer that to more people. And it's like the whole idea of pricing too. It's like, I know for myself, when I started office consulting, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm really valued at this. Like there are people, agencies, other marketers that have been in the game for so long. And it's like that kind of posture syndrome, kind of feeling like you don't really fit in the the sector, I guess. And you're like, I don't know if I'm actually worth it. And it sounds really shitty to say that because I think everybody should know their worth. Um, But it's true. struggle oh my gosh. Gosh. I mean, still pricing still ourselves. struggle with that we're like is it is they are we yeah. worth that much money yeah and oh my gosh I wasn't comfortable with that until last year and 
like now I think I'm confident enough to be like, no, this is how much time it takes us. Like I know what to charge. And now, I mean, because we are more experienced and like know more people in this industry, we know like what the rates are. It's knowing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think knowing like, if we were to say a lot less, then people would be like, well, why are you pricing yourself so low? Like that's mm-hmm. something fishy. So <laughs> yeah. But then also being willing yeah. to price yourself high is so hard because it's you're like so hard Am I worth that is it are you gonna like laugh at me and be exactly like, ridiculous? yeah even if you hard. know that people still try yeah. hard you're like but am I worth it yeah Which is just like I think everyone struggles with that yeah I think I think it does and no one talks yeah. about it but I think I think that it's common yeah yeah and I think that's the single hardest thing as an entrepreneur to face I think the passion the work all that that's like easy because obviously you're loving it loving it enough to be doing it on your own and really wanting to pursue that career but it's like that's the only obstacle I think that any entrepreneur any creative in any space kind of feels fearful of it's like oh gosh like I still remember my first client where I like in my mind I'm like oh my gosh I totally overestimated what they wanted but they didn't even flinch and I was like huh maybe I am (laughs) (laughs) but that was like the confidence booster that really made me like value myself and I was like well I know I'm passionate enough about it so (laughs) why not (laughs) that's so true it's so true and you you learn as you go yeah for sure so um, going back to both personal, professional, all of that, stepping into your truest, highest self, what would your um, what would your tips be for anybody who's listening, who is either struggling with finding a soulmate, <laughs> dating world, or even exploring like doing something that you absolutely love and like stepping into it without fear and just pure passion and love? I would say. This is okay. This was my favorite quote forever. Okay, let's hear it. And I had it on my wall when I was little. My mom put it there. And it was, if you believe, you can achieve. And I know that that's very corny, but I say that to myself all the time. And I also say, where there's a will, there's a way. Because I think it's it's similar veins, but I think that if you want to do something, like, don't. I think the biggest thing that holds people back is fear and fear of failure and fear of the unknown. And I think once you realize that that's the only thing holding you back, there's actually nothing stopping you. So taking risks and just being confident in who you are and not worrying about what other people think or what other people think of you taking a chance. There's always going to be people who don't believe in you and who think that you're going to fail, but you can't listen to them and Honestly, there's so many people who laughed when when I was like, this is what I'm going to do now. And I want to work at home. They all, people yeah. would always say, you can't just, you can't work from home. You can't like, you, it's not feasible. I'm like, well, look at me now. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I love that you said that. And on the same, along the same lines of that, what I always say, if you can dream yeah. it, you can achieve it, which is yeah, kind of similar. Cool. But it's like, if you can envision it, then it's pretty much a reality in your mind that you can create it. Like, it's not like far-fetched. Yeah. And I think you have to trust, like, trust your gut. If it feels right, just do it. And yeah, don't let yourself hold you back and don't let others hold you back because it's not their life. It's your life. And you have to live it the way you want to so that you don't look back. Another good quote, you only regret the things you don't do. But yeah, you'll look back in life and regret the things you didn't try and you didn't do and those trips you didn't take, but you won't regret the ones you did, probably. (laughs) Well, it's true. And if anything, you'll learn something out of it. So it's still, you're still getting something. Uh, Yeah, that's my tips. (laughs) That was good. That was really good advice. (laughs) It was, yeah. Thank you so much for being on here. Where can everybody find you? Um, Okay, so on Instagram, it's just at Allie and Sam, A-L-L-I-E. And then Sam's page, you can say it. Oh, (laughs) you can just find me tagged there. My last name is too hard. It is hard. It's at Sam Kwiatkowski, but (laughs) really hard now, I guess. I know. I haven't changed my username. Um, And then on YouTube, it's just Allie and Sam. And the blog is also Allie and Sam. Everything is just just Allie and Sam. Yeah, it's easy to remember. Thank you so much for listening. Want more? Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a comment below. Stay connected by following us on Instagram at shimi.co. 